Welcome to the Reaching the World Bible Church podcast. This is Pastor Henry and Ella Looney. Our prayer is that you enjoy the word for today. Well, today, uh, I was studying, I just said the early, I guess last week or the early, er, earlier part of last week, and uh, this particular subject matter came to me. I think I was watching a particular minister minister the word or I was reading one or the other I can't remember exactly what and and this particular subject matter came to me what is it pastor well let me describe it first um back when I was younger back in the day um especially when I was in my early teen in my uh, early teen ten and and in early teen years or even a little bit before that when I was uh, really aware of things I used to on every Saturday night, I would love to watch professional wrestling. And in our community where we are, you may be anywhere in the world right now, our pro wrestling came out of Birmingham and it was at the Boutwell Auditorium. And uh, there were wrestlers that I still know their names and I, and I was very familiar with them. And, uh, and and love to watch it. At that time, I thought it was actually real and everything go, goes, goes on. But we know that uh, um, uh, the, even the professional wrestlers they let you know that it's more like a play and it's, it's staged, but they still are great athletes and they still get hurt. They still do things that are incredible. But, you know, there was a particular type of match in the professional wrestling and in that type of match um, there was no holes barred what do you mean by that um, the fact is it was called that match was called and it was a main event normally it was with normally it was the best wrestlers of the time and it was called a no time limit, no disqualification match. No time limit, no disqualification. And that meant, meant that anything goes. <laughs> Amen. And they were out to see who was going to win. <laughs> but it was no time limit. That means it could go forever. And there was no disqualification. And they could do basically anything, supposedly. <laughs> Amen. And I know this is staged. And I know this was wrestling, professional wrestling. And it's, it's, it's not real life. But you know what? As Christians, we should have the attitude that we will do whatever it takes to win in our faith walks, in our lifestyle. The faith life is real. Professional wrestling is not, it's stage. But our life, our faith walk in this life is real. And we have the real ability through Christ to overcome every challenge and even our own mistakes because Jesus paid the price for us. And so, that particular match that they had in pro wrestling, no time limit, no disqualifications, we entitled this message, No Time Limit, No Disqualifications. 
And when I kind of describe what that meant, and again, pro wrestling, staged event, real life, real. What are you dealing with? And you may be at the point that, and some people I heard them say, well, Pastor, I've done too much. God doesn't love me anymore. I know I can't get a prayer through. I feel like I'm away from God and um, uh, I, I'm, I'm ineffective. You know what? That's a lie. You can get everything that you've ever had and more in your relationship with God. Again, we describe this particular message. Don't think you've done too much wrong for God not to bless you. Don't think you've done too much wrong for God not to bless you, for God not to be able to use you. Some folks think because they uh, uh, sinned and, and did blatant things wrong, willingly did them, that they're no longer uh, uh, able to be used of God, that they're no longer able to receive the blessings of God. That is not true. Stop if that's what you've been thinking. Don't allow the enemy to deceive you. Don't allow him to get you in one of his box, boxes. You and I need to find out what God's word actually says. And again, in our Christian walk, as long as you have life, as long as you have breath, there is no time limit for you to receive God's best and his blessing, and there's no disqualification that you can do as long as you're willing to go to come to God. Well, Pastor, I thought there was a sin that was unforgivable, that unpardonable sin. Well, basically what that is, is when you choose not to, to turn your back on God and not to come to him. But as long as you have a heart for God and you want to come to him, even if you've blown it, and we all have it one time. The Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. But if you have a heart to come back to God, there's no time limit and there's no disqualification. It's not a lose-or-leave town. <laughs> Amen. That was another match. <laughs> you lose. And the fact is, in our Christian walk, you never lose if you don't quit. Look at your neighbor right now. If you've got a neighbor, give him a high five and say, don't give up. Don't quit. Don't stop. There's no time limit on you. There's no disqualification on you as long as you have breath in your body. As long as you are seeking God, you can have God's best. The blessings of God are available unto you. Well, Pastor, you, 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 you telling me something that I'm not sure of today. Well, let's go in the word of God and see what it says. In Philippians 4, 13, very familiar with most of us. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, it says this. I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. Pastor, does that I include me even after I've blown it? If you come back to God, it certainly does. If you ask God and seek God, it certainly does include you. You and I or any believer can do all things through Christ, through his ability when we're in him. Even after we messed up, we're going to look at some, uh, a couple of examples of, of men that blew it, that messed up, and, let God, and yet... God was able not only to bless them, but to use them abundantly above what they could ask or think. 
Pastor, can I be one of those people? You sure can. If you have a desire to come back to God, to come back to, to, to your first love, which should be Jesus. You know, a lot of times with the pandemic and with prices going up, you know, gas prices, inflation, you hear, if you watch the news, you, you hear all this bad news. And let me tell you again, I haven't said this in a long time, if you just set your television or whatever your, your, your electronic device on, on the news station and that's all you ever watch, stop doing that. All you're getting is someone else's bad news vision. I know it's television. It's telling you a vision. Pastor, what should I do? It's all right to keep up so that you know what to pray about, but don't lock yourself into watching all that stuff. Some of it's not even real. <laughs> Amen. And I'm not being political, but, you know, one of my mentors, Brother Joe Osteen's daddy, John Osteen, said he quit watching newses for a while, and he said... He uh, would turn it back on after, you know, a month or something like that and find out that he had missed about two or three crises and they were all over and they didn't affect him at all. <laughs> Amen. That can happen with you too. So what should I watch then? Watch and get in the word. Watch and keep your eyes or your focus on Jesus and what he has for you. God has a plan for you. He has the best for you. And when we talk about and, and partake of these communion elements in, in just a few moments, we're going to see what that means to us and for us. But, Pastor, you said you had some examples of, uh, of, of people that were that messed up, but yet God blessed and used. Well, we're going to get to that in just a moment. But I want you to look at the book of Philippians, chapter 4. Philippians, and we're going to look at chapter 4. And we're going to look at verse 5, and this is the King James. Philippians 4, verse 5 says this. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Again, let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. That word moderation used to bother me because I always thought of moderation as meaning this, that moderation meant that uh, uh, you just do every, you can do everything a little bit. But that's not what this word means biblically almost most of the time. When you look and understand what the word moder moderation means uh, spiritually, the word moderation does not mean here in verse 5, we have a little bit of everything or we can do a little bit of everything. It means having a gentle nature or having or being reasonable in our actions. There's a reason in you that you're able to uh, think things out and not react, that you're gentle, that you're kind. That's what this moderation means. As a Christian, as a believer, we ought to be reasonable. And I know we saw examples lately in particular of folks just reacting and, and doing something that they totally regret afterwards. And all of us probably have done things similar to that, maybe not to the extreme we've seen, but things to where we just uh, reacted to something that was said or to something that was done that we wish we hadn't of. When you're in biblical moderation, God will help you not to do those things. God would help you to walk by faith and not by sight. God would help you to lead and guide you, that fruit of the Spirit, gentleness and temperance will be available unto you. 
Well, Pastor, I, I see that about moderation, but let's look at again what in, in another translation where it gives us, uh, this is Philippians, that same verse, Philippians 4, 5, and this is in the voice translation. It says this, keep your gentle nature so that all people will know what it looks like to walk in his footsteps, God's footsteps. The Lord is ever present with us. Pastor, even when I blew it, even when I made mess, even when I got, got off into stuff I shouldn't have, if you're a Christian, if you're a believer, the Lord said in the word that I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Oh, Pastor, I, I didn't want the Lord to hear what I said. I didn't want him to see what I did. Well, if you're a believer, he's in you. And if we really understand that, we won't say or do a lot of things that we say and do from time to time. When we recognize God, that he he's, resides on the inside of us, and if we honor him and love him and respect him, he'll help us to be reasonable. He'll help us to have that gentle nature that he wants us to walk in. But everybody has blown it from time to time. As we said, the scripture says, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know, God can help us. And we'll get to those examples in just, just a moment. But Jesus said something in the book of Philippians in, in this particular chapter four that we just, that we need to understand, that we need to know. And I'm, again, I'm going to look at this in the voice. We're going to look at a few verses here in Philippians chapter 4. Starting at verse 6. He says, don't be anxious about things. Instead, pray. Good advice. Pray about everything. He longs to hear your request. Talking about God, our Father, our Abba Father, our Daddy God. So talk to God about your needs and be thankful for what has come. Not be thankful uh, for problems, but be thankful for the fact that God has come and he'll help us in the problems. He didn't give them, we're not being thankful for the problem, but we're being thankful that he gives us the answer to get out of them. But notice what else he says in verse 7 here in Philippians 4. And know that the peace of God, a peace that is beyond any and all of our human understanding will stand watch over your hearts and minds in Jesus, the anointed one. You want peace? So die. We can have it when we have more of God, when we have more of his word. Pastor, I've blown it. We all have it one time or another. But you didn't disqualify yourself. Notice what Philippians 4 verse 8 says. Finally, brothers... And sisters, fill your minds with beauty and truth. It makes a difference what you watch. It makes a difference what, what you surround yourself with. Meditate on whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good, whatever is virtuous and praiseworthy. What are you thinking about? What are you allowing to come into your mouth? What's your what are you focusing on? Are you focusing on the problem or the mistake or the fact that you messed up? You sinned. You were wrong. Are you, are you focused on God help me to get back to where I need to be in you? Notice verse 9. 
<laughs> and I like the way it says this. Key to the script. <laughs> the wrestlers have a script that they lay out in, in, in their uh, play that they, they do, in their performances. But God ha- has a plan for our lives. It's not a play acting plan, but it's a real plan. And he wants us to keep to the script. Well, what's the script? The word. The life of God is in you. The word of God. Keep to the script. Do what God says. He says obedience is better than sacrifice. We'll talk about that in a moment. He says keep to the script. Whatever you learned and received and heard and saw in me, Jesus says, do it. He was talking to the disciples then, but he's talking to us, the disciples now. And the God of peace will walk with you. Wow. Pastor, is God with me? If you're a believer and if you desire for him to be, he certainly is. And if you, well, Pastor, I messed up. Well, let's look at some examples of folks that did. First of all, no, again, there's no disqualification. In this Christian walk, as a believer, as long as I have breath, as long as I have life, there's no disqualification. What do you mean by that? Well, let's look at David. David was an example. King David. Remember, David, when he was, he was anointed by Samuel to become king, he was a shepherd boy. He was out in the field. He, he was protecting the sheep. He, he killed the lion. He killed the bear. He had that slingshot. He was good. He was, he was, he was led by God and helped by God. He faced, he faced the giant, Goliath, and that uncircumcised Philistine, he whipped him and destroyed and killed him. He had great, great, great respect and honor for the things of God. But he got in a mess. He did some things that he had no business doing. David committed adultery with Bathsheba. And Bathsheba got pregnant. That was a mess. (laughs) Amen. Uh, That that was terrible. But it didn't stop there. He committed adultery. Uh, You see this in 2 Samuel chapter 11. You go go and study that. I don't have time to read all of it. You've heard it, but go and read it because you see all the things that that he did. David not only committed adultery with Bathsheba, but David caused Uriah, Uriah, Bathsheba's husband, to be killed. He was king. Uh, the the uh, leaders of the army came, and he told them to go put put you after he had tried to ma- manipulate Uriah to go home and sleep with his wife so that the pregnancy could be uh, covered up. <laughs> uh, Uriah was such an honorable man that he wouldn't go home because the other men wouldn't. But David manipulated, and he said, told the told the. Uh, uh, the, the, his, his, his superiors to put him on the front lines where there's heavy fight and he was killed that was David's plan and then after that he married Bathsheba and it set in motion problems for a great part of David's life because he messed up he was wrong in the first place as king when he saw Bathsheba out bathing, he shouldn't even been where he was. He should have been out with the military. And that, that was the custom of the leaders to be out and in, in supervising things and, and, and doing things. He wasn't where he was supposed to be when he even saw her to get in trouble. Sometimes when you're not where you're supposed to be and you're looking on things that you shouldn't look at, 
it'll put you in a position to get in a world of trouble. That's what happened with David. He got in a mess. He manipulated himself. He made a bigger mess trying to get out of it. And it caused his son to turn over and try to take over the kingdom later on and all kinds of problems and havoc in his life. But you know what? David did have one quality that I pray you and I have. He made all kinds of messes. And his actions were, there were major issues and problems. But when he hit rock bottom, he knew who to turn to. He turned back to God. Notice David here in Psalms 40, verse 1. And we're going to look at Psalms chapter 40. And this is in the easy to read. And studying the life of David is, is really exciting. Uh, I'll get ahead of myself a little bit. The Bible says David was a man after God's own heart. He, God said that about him? Yeah, he did. After he made all those messes? Yeah, he did. Why? Because he always remembered, even when he got in the mess, where his answer, or how he could, or where he needed to go to get back to where he needed to be. Notice Psalms 40, verse 1. It says, I called to the Lord, and he heard me. David talking here. He heard my cries. He lifted me out of the grave. That's what he felt like in. He was in such a, such a mess. He lifted me from that muddy place. He was in the muddy, muddy grubs. He picked me up. When he went to God, he had done all that stuff. He had messed up. He had caused havoc. He, he, people, his own family was attacking him. His own son tried to take him over. But when he, he, he went to God, and he said, God, pick me up, and he put me on solid ground and kept my free feet from slipping. Notice verse 3. He put a new song in my mouth. He changed his conversation. He changed it. He stopped talking about all the negatives and the things that he had done that were wrong, that were legitimately wrong. And he changed his song. He changed what he was saying. He changed what was in his mouth. What kind of song did he have now? Verse 3 said, a song of praise to our God. Many will see what he did and worship him. And you know they will with you and I too. They will put their trust in the Lord because of what they see, seen God do for us. Verse 4 says, great blessings belong to those who trust in the Lord. Even after you made a mess. We saw it with David. I've seen it in my own life. For those who do not turn to demons and false gods for help, they know where to turn. Verse 5 says in, in Psalms 40, Lord my God, you have done many amazing things. And he has. He has for me. Oh, he brought a beautiful woman into my life. He gave us a son. Even after some challenges of, 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 of being birthed, he, uh, of, of her being able to get pregnant, he, God brought us to the point to where we could have the desires of our heart. He's done amazing things for us. I know he's done amazing things for you. And he'll do even more amazing things now, even in this time to live, live in. Don't get focused on the negative. Get focused on God. Verse 5 continues on to say in Psalms 40, you have made great plans for us, and he has. Too many to list. Wow. I could talk on and on about them. Now he's talking about the blessings that, that overtook him and how, how he came back. Because there are too many to count. 
Verse 6 says, Lord, you made me understand this. How did he understand it? He got in the word and got in the truth and got understanding. You don't really want sacrifices and grain offerings. Old covenant, that's what they did to get, get uh, the sin covered, you remember. But in new covenant, not only our sins aren't covered, they're cleansed, they're washed away. You don't want burnt offerings and sin offerings. In other words, it's not our sacrifice. It's what Jesus did for us. Verse 7 said, David said, so I said, here am I, ready to do what was written about me in the book. Glory to God. David was written about the book, yes, but you and I are too. What book am I in? You're in the book of Acts. Amen. The Acts of the Holy Ghost. Amen. If you follow the leading and guidance of God, you and I are in the book of Acts. We have some writings about us. Are you doing what God tells you to do? Hey, you may have messed up. David did, but God restored him. There's no disqualification. Verse 8 says, my God, I am happy to do whatever you want. A faith attitude. I never stop thinking about your teachings. Get in the word. I told the good news of victory. Not only you get in the word and you, and you read it, you put it in your mouth and you tell people about the victory. To the people in the great assembly. And Lord, you know that I will never stop telling the good news. Amen. And verse 10 said, David said, I told about the good things you did. I did not hide these things in my heart. I spoke of how you can, can be trusted to save us. And he can. David said, I did not hide your love and loyalty from those in the great assembly. David did all those things. Got all those messes. Had all those issues. But it dis didn't disqualify him from receiving the blessings of God. And it didn't or won't disqualify you either. No disqualification, Christian life. As long as you got breath. As long as you got an attitude or want to, you're not disqualified if you want to get back in God. And then, you know what else? Second topic, there's no time limit. Those matches in, in pro wrestling, there was no disqualification and there was no time limit. They could have went on forever. And you know what? In our Christian life, as long as we have breath, there's time. The only way there won't be time is when we die. So don't wait. Now act. You made a mess. You done, done some stuff. You didn't see what you should have saw. You didn't do what you should have done. But now you got time. Use it. What do you mean by no time limit? With David, we see where he went on with God. Again, in Psalms 40, no time limit. Where do we see that, Pastor? Verse 11 of Psalm 40. Lord, do not hide your mercy from, from me. Let your love and loyalty always protect me. Notice what he said. Troubles have surrounded me. And he brought a lot of them on himself. There are too many to count. My sins have caught me. Stuff catch up, will catch up with us. And I cannot escape them. There are more than the hairs on my head. I know some of us uh, don't have as many hairs, but hey, the issues and problems can be more than whatever it is. He said, David got to the point where he had lost courage. But notice what verse 13 said. Please, Lord, rescue me. Lord, hurry and help me. God will.
He did for David and he will for you. There's no time limit. I'm not saying go out and sin. No, I'm saying come to God if you have. Those problems, a lot of the stuff that happened with David, a lot of stuff that happened with us could have been avoided if we had made decisions that we made. But if you have made messes, God didn't get you into them, but he's faithful and just to help you get out of them. Thank God. David did those things. David saw those things. David went on to say, I got time. Who's the other example? Paul, the apostle Paul, who wrote over three, over, over half of the New Testament. Paul was, he, he had Christians killed, but when he was Saul, but he had not Damascus Road experience. He messed up. He did all kinds of things. Kill Christians or had them killed. But he didn't, he didn't get disqualified. Why? Because he found out who to come back to. He wasn't disqualified. And this man wrote over half of the New Testament. Paul said some things too. And, oh, I left off one verse. In Psalms 40, verse 17. It went along. Let me go back to that. David said, my Lord, I am only a poor, helpless man. Amen. Paul was the same way. But please pay attention to me. You are my helper. The one who can save me, my God, don't be too late. He never is. He's never too late. No time limit. No disqualification. Now let's get back, get back to, to, to uh, uh, Paul. We see what Paul said some things. Paul wrote all these letters to the church to then and to the church us now. And I got to hurry due to time. I really enjoyed this message when I got into studying now. But notice what, what uh, Paul said in Philippians 4. Philippians 4. Starting at verse 10. And this is the voice translation. He said, Paul said, I could hardly contain my joy in the Lord when I realized you have started to show your care for me once again. Since you have not had the opportunity to show how much you cared until now, I want you to know how it touched me. See, when you're off in mess and you're off and you're doing stuff that's outside of the, the, the will of God, the Holy Ghost has to, has to come, has to raise his hands, take his hands off of you. But when you desire to come back and ask God to help you, he'll come right on in. Verse 11 says, Paul said, I am not saying this because I am in need. I have learned to be content in whatever circumstance. In other words, he learned whether he was abased or bound, whether he had a whole lot or he didn't have anything. When he had God, when he knew that God was with him, God not only would restore him, but he would lift him back up, just like he did David. Notice verse 12. Paul said, I know how to survive in tight situations. A lot of tight situations going on today. He said, I know how to enjoy having plenty. In fact, I have learned how to face any circumstance. 
fed or hungry, whether you have a whole lot or you didn't have anything, with, be with or without, he said, notice verse 13. And that's where we are when we know there's no time limit and no disqualification in our faith life. Paul said, I can be content in any and every situation through the anointed one who is my power and my strength. When you invite God into your heart, into your situation, whether it's the circumstances, whether you're under, whether you're in the mud, whether you're in the mess, when you ask God to help, you hadn't done too much to where he won't. And as long as you have breath, you have time. No time limit, no disqualification as a believer. That's where we are. And that's who we are. No, God doesn't want us to sin. He said where the sin does abound, God's grace does much more abound. People ask, they even ask back then, should I sin more? He said, God forbid, no. But if you have gotten the mess, God's able to lift you up just like he did David, just like he did Paul, just like he's done me and many others, God will help you out and back to wherever you need to be. How? What do I need to do? Ask him into your heart. Let's pray. Father God, right now, Lord, we come to you. And I know there, there, there are those listening and watching under the sound of my voice right now that have just done some things willingly that they wish they hadn't and they're in a mess circumstances are, are confronting maybe some in jail right now watching maybe some in a hospital room right now has got got things that they don't know what to do but now they know who to come or where to come and that's to you lord jesus so right now say this with me I confess with my mouth, I believe in my heart that you died for me. You paid the price I couldn't pay. You redeemed that which was lost and that was me. Lord, I ask you to come into my heart and save me and forgive me of my sins and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for delivering, delivering me. Thank you for giving me the time. No time limit. Thank you for not disqualifying me when the world had and has. But this Christian walk is no time limit, no disqualification. I am saved. I am free. I have liberty. You're not only my savior, but you're my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.